Section three of the service. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Schempf. The service by Henry David Thoreau. Part three. Not how many, but where the enemy are. What's brave? What's noble? Let's do it after the high Roman fashion. Shakespeare. When my eye falls on the stupendous masses of the clouds, tossed into such irregular greatness across the cope of my sky, I feel that their grandeur is thrown away on the meanness of my employments. In vain the sun, through morning and noon, rolls defiance to man, and as he sinks behind his cloudy fortress in the west, challenges him to equal greatness in his career but from his humbleness he looks up to the domes and minarets and gilded battlements of the eternal city and is content to be a suburban dweller outside the walls we look in vain over earth for a roman greatness to take up the gauntlet which the heavens throw down idomeneus would not have demurred at the freshness of the last morning that rose to us as unfit occasion to display his valour in and of some such evening as this methinks that grecian fleet came to anchor in the bay of aulis would that it were to us the eve of a more than ten years war a tithe of whose exploits and achillean withdrawals and godly interferences would stock a library of iliads better that we have some of that testy spirit of knight-errantry and if we are so blind as to think the world is not rich enough nowadays to afford a real foe to combat with our trusty swords and double-handed maces hew and mangle some unreal phantom of the brain in the pale and shivering fogs of the morning gathering them up betimes and withdrawing sluggishly to their daylight haunts i see falsehood sneaking from the full blaze of truth and with good relish could do execution on their rearward ranks with the first brand that came to hand we too are such puny creatures as to be put to flight by the sun and suffer our ardour to grow cool in proportion as his increases our own short-lived chivalry sounds retreat with the fumes and vapours of the night and we turn to meet mankind with its meek face preaching peace and such non-resistance as the chaff that rides before the whirlwind let not our peace be proclaimed by the rust on our swords or our inability to draw them from their scabbards but let her at least have so much work on her hands as to keep those swords bright and sharp the very dogs that bay the moon from farmyards owe these nights do evince more heroism than is tamely barked forth in all the civil exhortations and war sermons of the age and that day and night which should be set down indelibly in men's hearts must be learned from the pages of our almanac one cannot wonder at the owlish habits of the race which does not distinguish when its day ends and night begins for as night is the season of rest it would be hard to say when its toil ended and its rest began not to it returns day or the sweet approach of even or morn or sight of vernal bloom or summer's rose 
or flocks or herds or human face divine but cloud instead and ever during dark surrounds and so the time lapses without epoch or era and we know some half score of mornings and evenings by tradition only almost the night is grieved and leaves her tears on the forelock of day that men will not rush to her embrace and fulfil at length the pledge so forwardly given in the youth of time men are a circumstance to themselves instead of causing the universe to stand around the mute witness of their manhood and the stars to forget their sphere music and chant an elegiac strain that heroism should have departed out of their ranks and gone over to humanity it is not enough that our life is an easy one we must live on the stretch retiring to our rest like soldiers on the eve of a battle looking forward with ardour to the strenuous sortie of the morrow sit not down in the popular seats and common level of virtues but endeavour to make them heroical offer not only peace offerings but holocausts unto god to the brave soldier the rust and leisure of peace are harder than the fatigues of war as our bodies court physical encounters and languish in the mild and even climate of the tropics so our souls thrive best on unrest and discontent the soul is a sterner master than any king frederick for a true bravery would subject our bodies to rougher usage than even a grenadier could withstand we too are dwellers within the purlieus of the camp when the sun breaks through the morning mist i seem to hear the din of war louder than when his chariot thundered on the plains of troy the thin fields of vapour spread like gauze over the woods form extended lawns whereon high tournament is held before each van prick forth the airy knights and couch their spears till thickest legions close it behoves us to make life a steady progression and not be defeated by its opportunities the stream which first fell a drop from heaven should be filtered by events till it burst out into springs of greater purity and extract a diviner flavour from the accidents through which it passes shall men wear out sooner than the sun and not rather dawn as freshly and with such native dignity stalk down the hills of the east into the bustling vale of life with as lofty and serene a countenance to roll onward through midday to yet a fairer and more promising setting in the crimson colours of the west i discover the budding hues of dawn to my western brother it is rising pure and bright as it did to me but only the evening exhibits in the still rear of day the beauty which through morning and noon escaped me it is not that which we call the gross atmosphere of evening the accumulated deed of the day which absorbs the rays of beauty and shows more richly the naked promise of the dawn let us look to it that by earnest toil in the heat of the noon we get ready a rich western blaze against the evening nor need we fear that the time will hang heavy when our toil is done for our task is not such a piece of day labour that a man must be thinking what he shall do next for a livelihood but such that as it began in endeavour so will it end only when no more in heaven or on earth remains to be endeavoured effort is the prerogative of virtue let not death be the sole task of life 
the moment when we are rescued from death to life and set to work if indeed that can be called a task which all things do but alleviate nor will we suffer our hands to lose one jot of their handiness by looking behind to a mean recompense knowing that our endeavour cannot be thwarted nor can we be cheated of our earnings unless by not earning them it concerns us rather to be somewhat here present than to leave something behind us for if that were to be considered it is never the deed men praise but some marble or canvas which are only a staging to the real work the hugest and most effective deed may have no sensible result at all on earth but may paint itself in the heavens with new stars and constellations when in rare moments our whole being strives with one consent which we name a yearning we may not hope that our work will stand in any artist's gallery on earth the bravest deed which for the most part is left quite out of history which alone wants the staleness of a deed done and the uncertainty of a deed doing is the life of a great man to perform exploits is to be temporarily bold as becomes a courage that ebbs and flows the soul quite vanquished by its own deed subsiding into indifference and cowardice but the exploit of a brave life consists in its momentary completeness every stroke of the chisel must enter our own flesh and bone he is a mere idolater an apprentice to art who suffers it to great dully on marble for the true art is not merely a sublime consolation and holiday labour which the gods have given to sickly mortals but such a masterpiece as you may imagine a dweller on the tablelands of central asia might produce with threescore and ten years for canvas and the faculties of a man for tools a human life wherein you might hope to discover more than the freshness of guido's aurora or the mild light of titian's landscapes no bald imitation nor even rival of nature but rather the restored original of which she is the reflection for such a masterpiece as this whole galleries of greece and italy are a mere mixing of colours and preparatory quarrying of marble of such sort then be our crusade which while it inclines chiefly to the hearty good will and activity of war rather than the insincerity and sloth of peace will set an example to both of calmness and energy as unconcerned for victory as careless of defeat not seeking to lengthen our term of service nor to cut it short by a reprieve but earnestly applying ourselves to the campaign before us nor let our warfare be a boorish and uncourteous one but a higher courtesy attend its higher chivalry though not to the slackening of its tougher duties and severer discipline that so our camp may be a palestra wherein the dominant energies and affections of men may tug and wrestle not to their discomfiture but to their mutual exercise and development what were godfrey and gonsalvo unless we breathe the life into them and enact their exploits as a prelude to our own the past is the canvas on which our idea is painted the dim prospectus of our future field we are dreaming of what we are to do methinks i hear the clarion sound and clang of corslet and buckler from many a silent hamlet of the soul the signal gun has long since sounded and we are not yet on our posts let us make such haste as the morning and such delay as the evening
Henry D. Thoreau, July 1840. End of section three. End of the service by Henry David Thoreau.